Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Robinson Ralph's world-famous podcast, Having a Nasser. As some of you will know, we recently added uh, Jane Rappin to the podcast to try and increase the quality, and that's, that has worked. It has. It yeah. has. It's, it's true, isn't it? Successful. You're very kind. Yeah. Um, we've been getting a lot of, lot of feedback, like, it's not as bad as it used to be. <laughs> and I no longer wish I was deaf when I was listening to you. So high praise indeed for for, yeah. for can can you do one with just Jane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you three have to be in it? Um Oxygen Thief, that kind of thing we've been called. So it's all been pretty it's actually got pretty nasty, to be honest. We'll have to call the police. We decided that we would up the ante by bringing in a bit more class, a bit of style, uh, in the form of uh, Catherine Asbury, who's um group HRD, to talk to us today about sellers v doers which I think, if I've understood uh, what's going to be happening correctly, is going to be very similar to Aliens versus Predator. Yeah. Is that right? It's literally spot on, Simon. You couldn't have got it more accurate. Um, No, uh, I think for for me, sellers versus doers are something I see in every workplace I've ever worked in. And really, the concept is about people who are uh, in the workplace who do nothing but sell themselves and those in the workplace who do nothing but the work so doers Um, and my view really is that sellers tend to be very successful very quickly get promoted quite quickly and doers often get um, forgotten about and people don't quite understand what it is they're doing and people who are truly successful in their careers tend to be sellers and doers Um, but for a doer to become a seller it's quite difficult and for a seller to become a doer Frankly, I've never seen it happen. So, so uh, it's Catherine, just on that point, can I ask you on that? Is is that our sellers, and of course, none of us are medical experts. Is a seller typically a workplace psychopath? No, not not necessarily. Although I can't rule them out, um, but they are typically people who are very charismatic. Um, they spend a lot of their time looking to build relationships with people in the workplace. Um, when I first started work uh, back in the olden days, when we used to go into offices and people would be sat next to each other, I had a colleague who used to walk around with a blank piece of paper. And really all he did was walking around, looking busy, talking to lots of people, building up relationships. Um, right. it, I didn't really understand then why everybody loved him so much, but it took me time to realise they loved him because everybody knew him. Everybody liked him. He was funny and therefore they had a false idea of how good he was as a colleague or in the workplace and what I've seen repeatedly through my career is what you see with sellers is they don't necessarily spend any time doing or managing their team but what they do is manage across so with their um their colleagues and up to their boss where they do things like um, they always spend catch up time with their boss. They might call them every day to let them know what it is they're doing. They will book catch up time in your diary and meet with you regularly. They'll let you talk a lot during the meeting because what they're doing is gaining lots of information from you. And then they feed you snippets, small bits of information to give you the impression that they're all over your agenda and they're supporting you. What they don't do is ever really produce any work or give you anything tangible to follow it through. But what you will find is that they will move through an organisation quite quickly. So often not spending more than um, two years, sometimes less in a role before they move on. And then when they move on, 
when you look behind of what they've left, you often see quite a lot of things unfinished or, or in chaos. Um, and you, if you balance that out against people who are doers, people who are doers tend to be quite high in integrity. They care very much about the work that they're doing. They knuckle down and do it, but they often go unnoticed or they go underappreciated because people don't always see what it is they're doing and they haven't spent any time building the relationships or selling their work to other people. And I'll give you a small example. Just before you just before you do catch and just ask about sellers, when you say they move on, do you mean they move on out of the organization or they move move on within the organization and upwards? They do they do both typically, but uh, but um it really depends on how bad a mess it is that they've they've left behind in my experience. I mean, in one job I was in, I was doing um a, a lot of work. I was typically a doer. My idea of my role was about keeping the fire from my boss's door to make sure that I didn't worry him with all the, the problems that we had, so managing them by myself. One of those things was we used to do a lot of 2P. So I would do the 2P, we'd get it done. It was often quite contentious with the other side and you get into arguments. But I never once um, raised these issues with my boss. I would simply say, we've got 2P, we've got a few issues, but I'm managing it. It's fine. Didn't think anything of it. I thought he'd appreciate that I was managing these issues. We get a few years down the line and um, then he takes on a different part of the business and they're doing 2P. And when they do 2P, they need a conference call and they get my boss in on the conference call and they get the lawyers in on the conference call and this goes on for an hour and every time they want to take an action because it's disputed on the other side they get my boss involved and he says to me what is their problem why do they need me two p's easy you do it all the time (laughs) what i think what i didn't appreciate at the time is what i thought i was doing was doing a good job and supporting my boss and he really appreciated it what I wasn't doing is helping him understand the good job that I was doing so that he could truly appreciate what I was doing. The common reason, though, why women um, tend to take a lot longer to get promoted because they assume that, you know, the working hard is what is going to get them noticed. But we forget yeah. that, um, you know, people higher up the chain are not mind readers. They're doing their own job. And unless you're actually telling them what, what you're doing or showing them what you're doing they've got no idea of what's going on so they're assuming that well everything's fine it's got to be easy you're handling it it's fine and they're concentrating in on all all of these sellers the sellers who are saying I want promotion within 18 months the sellers who are saying I'm so busy I'm you know I'm putting out fires everywhere the sellers that are kind of shouting the loudest I guess you know rather than rather than the person who's chugging away I mean presumably Catherine there's a there's a balance and um you know, I've particularly, well, probably more so when I was at a junior stage in my career, but I, I've always made an effort, and perhaps this is, as you were saying, Jane, more of a male male trait, but I've made an effort to sort of make my bosses aware when, when I've done a good a good job. I've also tried to be open when I haven't as well, but, but particularly when I've done a good job, shout about that. Um, but at the same time, I've ne- that's never been my focus. My focus hasn't been on saying what I've been doing. It's been about doing it and then making sure that the right people are aware of that. So I think there's a, there's pre- there presumably is a balance. You don't want everybody to be to be just a doer. No, look, absolutely. Well, I think businesses might be a smidge more productive if everybody was a doer. But but I think that 
in order to really be successful, you do need to be a balance of a seller yeah. and a doer. The challenge is that doers don't always appreciate what they need to do to sell and what it is they should be selling. So um, for doers to be more successful and find that right balance, they need to think of it as a task. You know, they need to think of it as part of their daily job. So whereas you think you might have five things you need to do today, you also need to think, well, relationship building is one of those things I need to do. So I should look to meet with and have a plan for meeting with people. And also don't undervalue the work that it is you're doing doing somebody with high integrity um doesn't artificially want to sell things because they don't think they're that big a deal so they don't shout about them because they don't think they're that big but actually you'll see other people more successfully sell all sorts of things that you wouldn't yeah. consider you know that they've had a meeting with somebody or they're waiting for a phone call from this person or they yeah. um, they've got they list their whole team's activities when somebody asks them what it is they're doing well actually you just need to think about the way you might present things that you otherwise think aren't that important or people aren't interested the yeah. more you are in somebody's sphere the more you are in their consciousness the more they think and appreciate you of the work they can does it does it capture and then do you think become if you're viewing it as a task for a, 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 the initial period does it eventually then become a behavior and you've actually changed your, the way you work and it becomes a natural thing that you do or, yeah. or look I think for different people it will be different right it can it can become a more natural behavior in the same way that if you have you go on a diet and you have to change your lifestyle and change your eating habits that that can work for you mm. for others it will always be a chore but I think if you can see the benefits of it and you start to see it work, it becomes less hard work um, and easier to make a reality. Is it easier for a doer to become a seller or a seller to become a doer? A hundred percent easier for a doer to become a seller. And why is that? Because a seller's doing the work. A doer is doing the work to sell. A right. seller is not doing the work. Right. So if you have... Um, a boss who perhaps has more time and wants to delve a layer beneath a seller can be less successful but bosses tend not to have that time whereas a doer actually has um, a product or um, a process you know whatever the work they're doing something tangible that they have to sell they just have to find the right way to sell that information that means it matters to the people they're trying to build a relationship with. I mean, I can just speaking on a personal front there. I mean, that that uh, that transition that you're talking about, Catherine. I mean, from a personal point of view, as a as a as a junior sort of professional, I'm sort of in that period now where now as as a as a qualified legal professional, you know, trying to build those relationships, and it is uh, the points that you that you sort of raise in that whole do do you feel comfortable selling what you're doing? You know, I can I can relate to those kind of difficulties. So I think I think probably the more junior you are. Um, the more kind of if you can use the word difficulty you might encounter at first but I think it's like with anything the more you do something the better you become at it and eventually your thought process changes to this is just part of what I do now I mean I'll give you another example in a business I was in working uh, very hard and quite stressed and I had a boss who would go off to other parts of the country and would say oh this this person in your job somewhere else is doing a really good job they're literally amazing their boss can't speak more highly of them so a little bitter I say really <laughs> um, why what it is what is it they're doing so they say oh well I, I don't really know but they're doing everything and I and I say okay I'll ring them because I think okay well I'll take the feedback I'll ring them and I'll see what it is they're doing we're not doing 
And in the conversation, I realized the answer is nothing. They're not doing anything we haven't already done. They're not doing anything better than we haven't already done. But what they say is, yeah, I ring my boss every day to tell him what it is I'm doing. And I thought, every day? I haven't got time to ring him every day. But actually, the perception was very different from our two bosses as a result of their ability to communicate in that way. Yeah, and I think lockdown has been um, a bit of a leveller then between sellers and and doers, Catherine, in that sellers haven't had the same opportunities to to sort of mingle with people from other departments and... um... Uh, Well, I don't in the sense that I think if you've been busy working during lockdown, you're still just as busy and you are less visible if you are a doer, if you're not making those active claims, whereas sellers will book the time in your diary for a coffee break, just randomly dial you up and will sell themselves in meetings, which are frankly is much harder to do when you're on a Zoom call with 10 people than it is when you're in a meeting with 10 people. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've been speaking and I think my mic isn't working because other people are just louder voices in the room. Um, so I don't think it's a leveler for, for lockdown. So but possibly I, the other way around then. in the And harder for junior people as a result, I think. Yeah, I'll de- yeah I mean, I think it's recognised, isn't it? Uh, and we've, you know, we've spoken about it that um, for junior people, lockdown, working from home, you know, they haven't had the same opportunities to just dive into meetings with people, yeah. hear people on the and phone. They're not, just they're not exposed. Osmosis, yeah. yeah. I think I'd like to see a lot more mentoring and coaching going on in organisations so that um, the doers are given opportunities to grow and develop um, their skills of speaking up and sharing what they're doing. I I do wonder sometimes whether do sellers put obstacles in the path of doers? Yes. (laughs) And, And if so, what examples, if any, have you seen of those? Yeah, absolutely. So sellers will often keep their activities secret. So sellers won't tell you that they're phoning their boss, that they're arranging catch-up meetings, that they're building those because they don't want you to do them too. (laughs) They they want to keep them exclusively to themselves. They'll also hold information back from you, whereas they expect you to give them information. They won't share their information with you. They'll make you think they're sharing their information with you. But when you reflect back on the hours meeting you've just had, you won't find that there's a lot you can use from the conversation. So that's how it becomes easier to spot a seller versus a doer is it's those type of things that you're looking for to see what's different. And you can often do things like check people's diaries. You know, in many companies, diaries will be open and you might be able to see what everybody else is doing. And when you start to see that some people are having regular catch up meetings that don't always make sense for their role, you'll start to realize that they're actually acting in a selling capacity to build relationships. So, th- so Katrin, you, I was wondering about that, actually. So you mentioned how you can spot an, an, a, a pure seller when you're working with them. What about uh, at interview stage or, or, or anything like that? Is there? <laughs> I think um, so. I think if you just rely on a pure interview and this has happened to me, I, I interviewed um, I was interviewed with two directors in one business and I was interviewed for quite a senior position. And I always run interviews with um competency type base but I'm looking for a smart answer okay so I'm looking for somebody to be specific about the problem and tell me about the result what they did how they delivered it what what they achieved so when I interview I am um, writing the answers down so I can read them back afterwards but interviewing with these two other directors and we get to the end of the interview and I think there's no substance to this person. They were they were funny and they were happy and they they were bantering with the other interviewers. But actually, when you reflected on the answers, yeah. nothing there. And but when we finish the interview and the candidate leaves, 
the two other directors say, well, weren't they great? Mm-hmm. Weren't they wonderful? I think we should hire them. And at the time, I was quite shocked because to me, it was quite um, a bad interview. And I'd rarely seen one quite so bad. And I, without thinking, as I often do, said, really? I thought it was terrible. And they yeah. say, no, no, catching you're wrong. And I say, OK, look, I'm just going to go and get us some drinks. I'm going to go and get some biscuits. Do me a favour. Read your interview notes back. And tell me if on your read your interview notes back, you still have the same view. So I leave the room and I leave them for 10 minutes thinking, how am I going to deal with this? Because I know this person isn't right. I know there's no substance, but they're really convinced. And when I come back in the room, fortunately, they say, do you know what? You're right. But normally we'd never have read those notes. Back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there anything else that anybody else would like to ask? Or, or challenge. <laughs> or, no, don't yeah, challenge her. We haven't mentioned Dudley Moore yet. What? Sellers. Or... <laughs> Peter Sellers. Yeah. And then I presume Doers is Dudley Moore. Okay, I'm lost. Somebody's going to need to explain. I don't know what's me. happening now. So <laughs> Peter Sellers and Dudley Moore were a, like a comedy duo, weren't they? Uh, sorry, way too old for me. Sorry. No, no, um, no, no, no. Definitely so... keep that in, Sam. That was comedy gold from me there. <laughs> Massive crush on Peter Sellers, actually. Right. Except, Dave, the reason that joke was great, it was great, but the reason it didn't work as well as it could have done is because it was Peter Cook and not Peter Sellers. <laughs> and um, but other than that... <laughs> other than that it was perfect and as an example of selling Dave of your brilliance that was a really bad example of how or a great example of how not to do it do you know what I thought of that and I thought shall I google it first just to check I'm right and uh, yeah I should have well, yeah. No. that's a lesson to never rely on your own brain always just use the internet on that bombshell Catherine that's been absolutely um, alright I know I talk perfect. so much uh, no, 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 it was Thank awesome, you. absolutely awesome. That so was great. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to uh, this week's episode. I think we can all agree that this has been much, much better than the usual bilge. Why are you nodding, Jane? Um, <laughs> much, much better than the usual bilge we produce. So thank you very much, um, Catherine. We will probably, if it's all right with you, Catherine, have you back to talk about another topic because I, was, I genuinely enjoyed this one and I haven't said that about the podcast in about a year. <laughs> so, um, if anybody wants to listen to me. Yeah, no, yeah, please. So, um, so uh, it's goodbye from all of us. Goodbye from Catherine, and we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. Bye, see you everyone. Later.